everybody. Thanks for joining us this week. Have you ever thought about what is in your food? You might be surprised even if you think you know. Everything from cancer-causing agents to endocrine disruptors, heavy metals, toxic everything. And don't expect that the warning labels are going to tell you everything you need to know either. There are variances around the world. We're going to do a deep dive today and present you with all the information that these big corporate food companies don't want you to know. So thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Quantum Ladder Podcast. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Quantum Matter Podcast. My name is Louis Borges. Joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Marquise Williams. What's up, Louis? What's up, everybody? This is going to be a very informative and um, information-dense show, and we're going to make it entertaining and fun for you guys, so don't even worry about that. Um, but man, we got a lot to talk about today. We got a lot to Absolutely. talk about. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to move uh, you know, rather quick because we don't want to dwell on the same slide for too long. Right. Uh, for anybody who wants to maybe write down the names of some of these chemicals or take notes, feel free to pause the video. We've made the slides big enough that you can still read them even if you pause it. Uh, and we're going to present some videos as well as we normally do. And uh, big thanks to everybody listening right now out there in the world of YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and the Unex Network. Uh, if you're listening to us on the radio or Apple Podcast and you want to see the imagery and the videos we're playing, just head on over to our YouTube channel and uh, search for Quantum Matter Podcast and you can see the full presentation. Uh, and it's also on Spotify as well. Uh, we play full videos as well. And thanks for everybody for joining us in the chat room. We always seem to have an electric chat. Everybody's, you know, polite, on fire and uh, have, you know, on point things to say. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a pleasure from this side of the screen to see everybody on the other side of the screen. And we love doing this. So so with that, this is a big enough topic. We could do a series. We could do a podcast just on what's in our food. So we wanted to give as many little tidbits and oversights on the big ones. Yes, there are many rabbit holes within each of these things. You know, why are they there in the first place? How is there no oversight? How is this allowed to happen? And basically, we're going to paint the picture of outdated and systematic hiding of things basically yeah. if the laws have not changed to say you need to do this these companies are not and you know when questioned a lot of the times the answer is because well, it's not in the law we don't have to do that so yeah. a big part of these issues is the consumers don't know and when you're tossing around big chemical names you know you need to be a chemist to understand what they are or a science major the average joe doesn't know and these companies have taken advantage of that it's thinking that you know just because we don't know what that chemical is and it's in our food, we just have this, you know, trust that, oh, I'm sure somebody, you know, the FDA or somebody's watching out for us. 
you're going to be surprised. We're going to show you some things the FDA allows to go in your food. And just because it's in there and the FDA approved it, is it still something you should eat or want your families to consume your kids and all the rest? I mean, let's be honest. We have a sick and overweight population. What if a lot of that is not these people's fault? What if you just don't know? What if it's stuff that's causing addiction? What if it's stuff that's changing chemistry in your body to make your body behave differently and you're none the wiser? Should we not know? And that's yeah. the crux of, of today's episode. So I have a little video. It's kind of one of those like gross you out a little bit videos of like what's actually in food. Now, this may not all be North America. We're going to see rice with plastic pellets in it and stuff like that. But again, it's not impossible that these things could make it to your table, depending where you're shopping. And you really need to become a bit of an investigator nowadays. You can't just go to the same old grocery store you've always gone to, buy those same old brand that you've always bought. They've changed the ingredients. And a lot of times they're never good in the first place, right? Or instead of using old leavening agents, they've used new synthetic compounds. And we really don't have long-term studies on what these things do. You know, they test them on animals, but we're not an animal per se. Certain diseases don't affect animals the way they affect people. Like your dog doesn't get the flu when you're at home with the flu. So, you know, animal testing is not the end-all be-all of what is actually safe for consumption. So here's a quick clip on some of the grosser things that uh, are in our food currently.
Man, wow. that's a lot. That's a lot. Jeez, I didn't watch that full video. I just saw a couple <laughs> things. I'm like, okay, this is relevant. I, I, yeah, some of these videos I'm watching for the first time too. All, everybody listening, so that was a uh, that was a shock to me. To be honest, I kind of I was well aware of a lot of the food, um, the fake foods they or the fake things they put in foods, or how they kind of artificially uh, make them look nice, especially red apples, for example. Um, there's like wax around them and there's yeah. sometimes there's a lot of stuff that's in uh, bananas. It, it's it could be crazy how and I didn't know some of those products. I did not know that rice had plastic. Some of the rice has plastic pellets in it. Um, luckily, at least for a few of those items, I have an alternative already. But some of them, especially ice cream, you know, my friend, I've got an addiction. So I'm, I'm going to have to test that out with my. Yeah, squirt too. some lemon juice if there's baking soda or any type of like caustic soda that you would find in like, I don't know, washing machine powder. Yeah. It'll yeah, bubble and yeah. fizz, right? Oh, and, man. Uh, like if there's rice milk in the water, the algae turns blue, you know, various impurities in honey, like stuff that people aren't Jeez, suspecting. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on, even buying honey from the same brand for 25 years, you had it or more, you had it when you were a kid. And now it's diluted with stuff like, you know, I've heard of shrinkflation where you used to get a, <clears throat> I don't know, a 200 gram chocolate bar. And now it's like a 130 gram chocolate bar for the same yeah. price. Yeah. Basically, that's just portions. But to literally take out real ingredients and, you know, supplement it with, in some cases, chemicals and and be allowed to do it. And uh, one of the first things I looked at was uh, loopholes. So this is from the Breast Cancer Prevention Partner. They basically found that. It's called the GRAS provision within the FDA. Right. So it allows certain things that are we deem to be mundane, like salt or nutmeg or whatever. It can just pass through without you having to submit it to the FDA again to get your product. If you make something out of, you know, all FDA approved stuff, it really speeds up that process. But the issue is uh, these chemical manufacturers are secretly using chemicals for packaging uh, and they're processing and they're not getting FDA oversight, approval or knowledge. Right. So there's basically a loophole in the law, and this is a, um, an abbreviation on it. So the, um, the Toxic Free Food Act of 2021, uh, which was sponsored by Rosa Delario. So essentially, a major loophole in U.S. federal law governing food sa safety let chemical companies decide in secret what additives and chemical compounds were safe to use in our food, the processing, and the packaging. So as a result, the public has been exposed to harmful chemicals through food that the U.S. FDA has not approved and may not even know is being used. Um, when they did some research, thousands of synthetic chemicals are used in food beverages or making any of the materials or packaging, uh, anything between the harvest and our mouths. Over 10,000 chemicals used in food processing and packaging alone. Uh, 5,000 of them are so-called contact materials. So just contamination, basically. Uh, everything from improving the flavor, the appearance, increasing its longevity, shelf life, uh, chemicals that are also um, lining cans, um, you know, of tomatoes and pop, there's chemicals in that. Some of these chemicals are uh, harmful to human health. And uh, there is a uh, scientific direct, direct and indirect link to food additive chemicals uh, in areas of breast cancer, breast cancer, uh, impaired development of healthy brains and children, fertility, reproductive problems, metabolic illnesses, diabetes, cancer. I mean, you name it, this is worse than cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this has been allowed and there's tons of articles about this right now. This is from eat this, not that on healthy eating, but there's literally thousands of unregulated chemicals in your food. So these companies know that they, they can use that. It's cheaper. 
you know, if there's no long-term studies on these things and think about like a long-term study, somebody has to fund it and continue funding it for 30 years. You think the food companies are doing that? No, no. not unless by, by law they have to, right? And then they're, they're using yep. their own scientists and they get the data before the world does, right? Like, well, let me, let me, so I, I have some figures here that I wanted to share with everybody and like, cause I was like, how could they, how do they get away with this? Right? So one of the, one of the key ways that companies do or can bypass these FDA regulations um, that obviously put these harmful chemicals into our foods and our drinks or our uh, beverages is through that grass. By the way, I, I didn't know what grass was when I first saw that um, it's generally recognized as safe. Yeah. It's, it's kind of ironic. Yeah. You, it's we think like you're good. It's it's a parody. It's like, yeah, we kind of think this is safe. We, yeah. Most of us kind of think, you know, and, and, but it's just a regulatory path, you know, pathway where these substances or additives, they're added to the food and they're not required to undergo these undergo these pre these pre market reviews and approvals by the FDA. And they you and they're just they're just accepted. They just let them go. Um, and there are people that are considered qualified experts that essentially give them the, the seal of approval. And they say they're shown to be safe um, under the conditions of their intended use. So, yes. which is great. Which again, it's just kind of a caveat. The word intended use is something that should be kind of noted here. It should be noted. There's like in 2012, I have a figure here also. So um, th there's, let me just read this one figure for you guys. Companies can self-declare their additives as grass. That's generally, generally, um, they're seen as safe, recognized as safe. Without notifying the FDA, a Pew Charitable Trust analysis found that between 1997 and 2012, about 1,000 additives uh, were added to food under the gra under this grass exemption without being reported to the FDA. So you talk about loopholes, you know, they're often um, they're often under what's called independent review, and they they the uh, the safety assessments for these grass substances are conducted by or on behalf of the companies using them, uh, they're experts, their own experts. You just, that's right. That's right. It's a clear conflict of interest. There's like no getting around that. Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't right. So it's um, like saying that you're going to make your company, everybody's going to have to take an exam, but it's an open book exam that everybody gets a hundred percent on. It's not, it doesn't really serve the purpose it's supposed to, right? Like on paper, you're doing what you're supposed to do, yeah, but who's really watching how this is executing. And I mean, it's your mind starts to spin when you look at the number of things, the number of mundane things that we didn't really think were that big a deal. What science is now saying that they could be involved in some of these problems, especially when it comes to kids and development. And, yeah, you know, if yeah. we're giving kids things we think are safe and they're having them every single day. They have a lifetime of toxicity before they've even hit puberty. And especially some of these things are affecting your your, uh, you know, your uh, hormone system, right? Your your nodes and all that. It's going to affect, you know, there's been rumors that KFC gives hormones to their chickens. That's why young girls and boys are developing breasts at like nine years old. It's because yeah. of hormones in the food and there aren't as many regulations depending where you live in the world, what part of that country you live in. Uh, and, you know, in some cases, just your access to it in certain countries, you know, the, the food producers are allowed to do whatever the hell they want and people are starving. So there's nobody that's, you know, checking what's in their chicken. They're just happy to have it, you know, and this is a systematic. I mean, we talked about epigenetics in previous um, episodes. Yeah, genetically, you may have precursors for cancer, but there's a lot more in the way of markers and things you can switch on just in your life. 
and mm-hmm. definitely things like toxic chemicals and all the rest of the stuff that we're going to talk about. They are epigenetic causes that cause disease. Even if you have the best genetics out of the gate, you could still wind up dying of lung cancer as a non-smoker because of some environmental thing. You know, it's yeah. The the thing is, and this is kind of a of a of a talking point that people who when I when I was younger, I avoided, and I still do, by the way, avoided cigarette smoking. I don't judge anybody who does it, by the way, but I just personally didn't like doing it. People used to ask me, "Oh, well, you know, you can still get cancer um, if you don't smoke cigarettes." And my retort was, "Have you ever taken a look at the stuff they put in our food?" This is like year, like a decade ago. I used to think about this stuff. Um, it's been going on for forever, especially you know they 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 have more and more regulations, but corporations and politicians are constantly pushing for deregulating. Things like these companies, uh, you, for for the sake of growth in business, um, the the whole ideology is that regulations stunt the growth of corporate uh, in, uh, corporate profits, which ultimately they believe hurts the hurts the country. And and when you mentioned the USA, in the US, we we have the stupidest arguments for deregulation that you could ever think of, but it's it's effective. The the, the messaging is very effective because because the idea that they're selling people. It's catchy. It's the idea of not of not letting us grow and become pros- more prosperous when people are suffering. They, they they instead of blaming the companies that are not only in, in increasing the multiplying your suffering, they're blaming people who want to try to pull back on some of those deregulations that people are pushing for. Those politicians are pushing for. But it's a weird. We live in a weird times, and um, we have we kind of always have in a way. Yeah, and you mentioned the the corporates. You know, the corporate world of. You know, if we told you, you might not buy our product. And I was going to, we're going to do a segment on baby food and formula and things like that. And uh, this is in relation to the greed of those baby food companies not making changes, even though they were warned and discovered that they have, you know, unsafe things in them. There was still a reluctance to do it. And he's either a lobbyist or a lawyer, but he's gone head to head with these companies and he's talking a little bit about his experiences. So check this out. Certain ingredients are contaminated with heavy metal. And the problem with the baby food companies is they knew it and they didn't care because they were making so much money and they didn't want anyone to know. When I ask them, you have an ingredient list and you say, this is how much iron is in there. This is how much vitamin C is in there. Why don't you tell us how much lead, arsenic, and mercury is? And their response to me in deposition was, well, we're afraid you would go buy other people's products. The baby food companies are afraid that the bad consequence is that you won't buy their product. That is unabated greed and it needs to be stopped. And, <laughs> you know, I just, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this topic because... It's not just about presenting some of this information. It's also uh, like looking into the mindset of this corporate, these corporate, you know, uh, these corporations. How do they think? We did it. We did an episode on this a little a, a couple weeks ago. How corporations are and how there's corruption in the corporations. But to think that they're so, their concern is more so about profit. Again, about pre- pre- uh, preventing loss of profit and not about preserving human life and health and well-being. P- can somebody like? I just hope that this influences some of you out there who might be thinking um, unlimited growth is good and uh, deregulation is good. I really hope this kind of gets you to see they don't care if you die from some of these problems. They don't care if your kids are, are ill from it or or influence or their their development is uh, is stunted. They don't care about that. They only care about how much money they're making. from you. That's right. And the law is not really forcing them to care. There's no due diligence other than. It can't be over a certain limit. The fact that there's any arsenic in our food, it's not like it's being added intentionally. It's just pesticide residues 
heavy yeah, metals, leads, yeah. it's old piping, it's old trucks transporting raw ingredients. It's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, not the cleanest uh, conditions, right? So like everything is coming in contact, even just if the wheat is stored in an area and that's where the trucks come in and out, in and out, there's black right. diesel soot that's inevitably introduced. The air quality of that factory is not actually that good on the outside. And if that can reach the ingredients, Again, we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to get into things like, uh, you know, PFAs or forever chemicals. They call them forever mm -hmm. chemicals because they don't get out of your body, you know. And you know, even in the water supply, we know that there's plastics, not only from a pollution standpoint, but then they break down these little tiny pellets that get into the food supply and fish and everything else. Well, then they call them microplastics. Man, they're like so tiny, you almost need a microscope to see them. Well, they're also breaking down into nanoplastics, you know, a 10,000th of the width of your hair and nobody is filtering this stuff because of the cost involved with it. You know, there is no such thing as a way to get this out. In fact, I think I have, here it is right here. This is an article on uh, getting forever chemicals out of drinking water. And this is a water plant uh, near the Riverside Station pump, uh, the Kennebec River. Not sure where the Kennebec River is. It's in the U.S. somewhere. But they're basically saying that these particles are so small, no matter what filtration systems you take on yourself or cities use or bottled water companies use, nobody's filtering at the nano level. You know, mm -hmm. at, at minimum, they're filtering chlorine and fluoride and things like that. They do other things, UV treatments to kill bacteria and all the rest. But nobody is using a nano filter to get plastic out. And in fact, there was a we ran an article on Facebook the other day. Uh, I don't know if I actually clipped that or not, but essentially it was talking about um, bottled water having as much as a small bottle of water upwards of two. Here it is here. Two hundred and fifty thousand um, particles on average. They tested mm -hmm. some that were like one hundred and ten thousand and some plastic bottles of water had four hundred thousand pieces per liter of nanoplastic. And they don't know, is that the bottle leaching into the water or is the water already got that stuff in it? And it's just showing up when they when they look for the the, the very, very small. So mm. this problem is not only, you know, a big one, but it's just getting out of hand. It's it's exceeding our ability to deal with it. And I mean, you can like I said, you can buy a fancy three thousand dollar Kangen water machine. It's going to do better than most, but nothing is filtering at the nano level. Yeah, I think the um, the 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 smallest I've ever heard is like so, so many microns they can kind of filter out a, a couple of microns in size. Yeah. Um, but that you need like a, a multi-layered uh, filtration system that includes not just like UV lights and um, and like several different types of uh, of of, uh, of these filters. They get smaller and smaller, uh, or they more find more refined and more refined as they go through the, the filtration system, but they do not go to the nano level. I think what is a micron I see here, um, a, it's a, a nanometer. millionth of a centimeter, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, million, a millionth of a centimeter or uh, 1000 times smaller. A nanometer is 1000 times smaller than a micron. So it, it's, you're, they're not going to get that. I don't even know how yeah. you could possibly get that, but you That's can right. change. Um, they could change the way they process these types of things. But as you mentioned, it's too expensive. Yeah. Um, it's come on, man. Come on. And they're just by the very nature of manufacturing some products, there's gonna be stuff in it. There's gonna be one one millionth of a rat turd yeah. in that <laughs> grain. Like there has to be provisions for that. Like, you know what I mean? And the FDA has to set limits on yeah. how many dead rats are allowed to go in a vat of. <laughs> 
waste paste about to become hot dogs. Or we're going to show you uh, probably in the oh. second half by the time we get to it. But I'm going to yeah, show well, you hold, hot quick. dogs just, just, in those fast yeah, food trigger, burgers. Trigger warning for anybody who does have a sensitivity to knowing how terrible the the food supply is. Um, this is going to be quite disturbing. I, I, I just want to be upfront here. But it is important, and you you probably should at least know so you can try to make better decisions. And even more important, when you have the chance to make a to to participate in whether it be the de democratic process of any nation that you're that you're from, because I know you're you know from Canada. We know some people from over the pond, as they say. Yeah, this information can help you make better decisions about who you want in power. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a. Uh, we're not gonna. We're not just gonna show you the problem and be like, "Well, now that you know, you're screwed." Uh, good luck. Yes. <laughs> from now on. We're gonna See give you real practical steps. Marquise yeah. is gonna spearhead that. Yeah. What can we do? We are not doomed. But if you don't know, you don't know what to look out for. Education and knowledge is power. That's the whole point of doing this. We learned, and we're science buffs already. The average person is not paying attention to this, and we're giving way too much trust to the companies that we think are in fact taking care of it. And uh, yep. here are three shocking FDA allowances. Uh, the graphic stuff is going to be later. I'll, I'll give everybody the warning if you don't want to see you know, how hot dogs are made. But these are uh, things that the FDA approved certain limits on to be in your food. Here are three shocking things that the FDA allows in the food you eat. You can get up to 10 milligrams of mouse poop in one pound of cocoa beans. Up to 400 insect fragments per jar of ground cinnamon. And you can have up to one maggot in each can of canned tomatoes. I guess I one's not those, that bad. Yeah, I think those flies were getting busy, by the way. I, <laughs> Man. And they're not even just like flies, it's fragments, it's like blended up insects. Oh my gosh. I, I do understand like some of the I mean processing certain certain uh types of uh the whole process of of creating foods and especially in, in the industrial age where we're you know mass producing these types of things, I can understand how it be, could be difficult, but it's not impossible. Yeah. Um, and we, we, again, we can talk about that a little bit. Later. And we're going to, we're going to show you that the label may not be your friend. I mean, just quickly, here's the EU, America label, Canada, US label, countries that are okay with GMO or not. So we're going to break that all down. And depending where you live, you can take a little bit out of it. But uh, I wanted to sort of summarize some of the major toxins that appear in a lot of things, sort of the big hitters and things you need to pay attention to. Of course, the first one is biphenol A, also known as BPA. You might see a lot of baby water bottles in the uh, grocery store saying BPA-free, human, of mm -hmm. course, adult water bottles as well. So essentially, it's found in plastic containers. Uh, studies have shown that BPA can leach out and into the food or the beverage inside. Uh, it is an estrogen. Um, sorry, it, the chemical BPA mimics estrogen, and it binds to those receptors. So essentially, it can disrupt your hormone function. And uh, although they've done more studies on pregnant women in this, um, essentially, BPA exposure leads to problems with reproduction, uh, increases future breast and prostate cancer risk of a developing fetus. Like the kid is already developing a, a precursor to having colon or a prostate cancer at 50. <clears throat> He's going to get it at 20. And it happened in uterine, all because of a stupid water bottle that we didn't know was going to cause these problems. Uh, other things have also said BPA levels can um, uh, affect your insulin resistance for type 2 diabetes, hence the obesity problem that's not helping. So there are a lot of things that have been removed where they say BPA-free. Yeah, but if you're buying a water bottle on Amazon or on, you know, like Timu or 
I don't know, wish this stuff's coming out of China. If it's a dollar fifty water bottle, I guarantee you it is not BPA free. It is made the cheapest possible way it can. Yeah. If it doesn't say, then assume it's in there. It would be my advice. And and even plastic wrap on foods, the same idea. This BPA can leach out of that. And depending on the brand, I know there are some regulations. Canada's pretty strict with that. Nobody can sell BPA plastic. But again, if you're buying stuff in different parts of the world that isn't as strict, or if you're buying things online, they kind of circumvent the regulation, even though they're not supposed to. Um, another big one is artificial trans fats. Essentially, you pump hydrogen into a heavy unsaturated oil, something like soybean or corn oil, turns them solid. So that's how you make like margarine, certain snack foods, baked goods. But basically, trans fat and artificial trans fat causes inflammation and it definitely has negative effects on heart health. Um, a lot of places have banned artificial trans fats, but there are naturally occurring trans fats that you have to be aware of either. There's your good fat and your bad fat, right? And when you get your cholesterol measured, you have an HDL and an LDL. You want to have one of them higher than the other, meaning you're predominantly you know, rich in the good fats, the fats you get from like olive oils or avocados or you know, omega rich type things, where as opposed to like, you know, just beef or pork lard or, uh, you know, canola oil, stuff like that. That's the wrong kind of oil, especially palm oil. Palm oil is in everything. Be really careful, like kids, crackers, cookies, everything you buy in the box process just for shelf life and stability reasons. Palm oil seems to be in it. Also, if you're an environmentalist, a lot of places in the world, particularly the Amazon, they are cutting down natural forest mm -hmm. and doing what's called monoculture, where you only plant one type of tree or vegetable or whatever. And it's literally hundreds of acres of just palm, palm oil trees only. You know, and it's, it has a lot of environmental effects around the world, not to mention it's horrible for you. And it's going on pretty much. Um, nobody's really doing anything about it. Have you heard much about these trans fats and things like that? Yes. I've heard about not just trans fats, but especially when it comes to like deforestation and and the environmental the environmental impacts of some of these. We were, we haven't even gotten into. I'm not sure if we're gonna get too much into how pollutants within the soil, which we kind of mentioned a little bit um, when you talked about how there's gas that leaks into the soil, yeah. and then of course that gets absorbed by some of the crops. There's a lot. Of, I can't. I honestly, it's it's a little bit overwhelming about how much how many things are essentially bombarding our biology. At any given time, whether it be through the air or through ingesting it, or even from taking a shower or washing your hands. Because as you know, when you take a shower, you absorb more from the shower than you do from drinking some water or any kind of substance, just to kind of pull yeah. that out there. Um, but also uh, the fact that there we, we, we believe, there are some people who believe that you can just chop all the trees down, plant anything you want to, and everything will be fine because the earth has been here. And listen, I, I'm not going to get into the whole religious aspect of it, but there are some people who believe that because God made the earth, we don't have to worry about taking care of it. It's We can do whatever we want to to it. And but you know what? Who cares if we destroy it because it's because God can fix it or the earth, yeah. the earth to fix itself. I'm not going to make any judgments on that. I will say that that's not that's I believe it may be a bit short sighted in terms of of, of uh, potential extinction for, from all this, you know, all these environmental um, negative impacts that we have on this planet. We should take care of it. This is our this is the planet that we live on. We should take care of it. We shouldn't yeah. be pillaging it and just lousing up the resources for our own gain, essentially. Yeah. Uh, there's more to the jungle than just the trees. It's a network. It's a biome. It's an organism. There's fungal mycelium. Yeah. It's an interwoven microsystem. You just can't cut that down and say, well, I planted trees. They don't have the same 
oxygen and CO2 reproduction rates of other rainforest trees. They don't have the same medicinal property. Most of no. the pharmaceuticals have come from some plant and usually somewhere in the Amazon with the abundance of species. And there's literally thousands of species they haven't even discovered yet. So there could be cures for common diseases that we need that are getting mm -hmm. bulldozed in the Amazon right now. We will yep. never find it. Yep. So yep. like the earth provides everything we need if we don't take it and burn it, you know, like it's our own stupidity. If somebody gives you the key to the castle and you just throw it in the ocean, like, okay, well then you make <laughs> your bed. That's what we're doing, you know? And I just want to kick the door down. That's what they say. <laughs> and it's hard to accept blame or to take on, you know, any type of responsibility or to get fired up and say, I can do this because we didn't create this ourselves. This is not our problem. We didn't make it. But if we don't make it our problem, somehow, if we don't start educating ourselves, making yeah. different decisions, companies are driven by money. So if we make it less profitable to do certain things and say, I'm not going to buy that anymore, they'll stop they'll making it because not change. selling. So like they just want your money. If it's just it's not clear and there's nobody shouting from the windows saying this has got to stop. We're just going about our day to day and thinking everything's good. And especially at a time of inflation where groceries have never cost more than they do right now to find out that half of that stuff is garbage. They're, they're cheapening the product to make more money. And then they're raising the price that you have to go and work twice as hard or two jobs just to be able to buy that same stuff. Right. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a fix. I get upset about it because I, you know, you do these kind of deep dives, which we always do. You research this, you start to see patterns, you start to see systematic negligence. You start to see companies doing bare minimums. And then you look at their profit sheets. You're like, you made how much money and you rape the planet and you poison yeah. the people. And that's okay. Like, so that's why we do this is to inspire, educate, and that's enough uh, philanthropy. That's pontificating. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> Paul, I'm not even going to pronounce that. I think it's polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons or PAHs. So they're usually considered to be environmental pollutants. Uh, it comes from burning organic material. But this is actually what happens when you cook a steak. People have heard, hey, don't char the hell out of your steak because that black soot is a cancer-causing agent. And it's true. Even the smoke from the fat hitting the coals contains this PAH. And, uh, you know, they've tested grilled chicken, fish, and meat to see it existed in all three. Um, it's basically found in a lot of processed foods as well. But it is toxic. It is linked to an increase of breast, kidney, colon, and prostate cancer. Um, people recommend other cooking methods, braising, slow cooking, or and you can reduce PAH by as much as 89% when you grill minimizing smoke and quickly re removing the droppings. So like get it out of the smoke. And in fact, smoked meats, you're bathing it in PAH. And then if you look at what you're smoking, if that pork has nitrites in it, which we'll get yeah. into, you're essentially making a chemical recipe for cancer, particularly gastric cancer in your stomach, your colon. It is, uh, it is a toxic time bomb happening in your guts, right? And you may not even know it just because you bought a cool Traeger smoker for Christmas it may be poisoning you and you don't even realize it. You're, you're taking soot, you're taking hydrocarbons formed from burning organic matter and you're bathing your meat in it for eight hours. And then you're like, I'm going to eat that crusty bark. That's got all the flavor, right? You're literally putting it straight into your body. Um, so yeah, another one, I couldn't believe cinnamon. Most cinnamon out there is toxic. I know that sounds crazy. You can fact check me on this, do your own research, but it has something in it called coumarin. It's a toxic compound at high doses. It's linked to increased risk of cancer, liver damage, and it is impossible to know how much coumarin your cinnamon contains. 
In fact, they did a study. Most of the cinnamons they bought at the store all had it. The only way to avoid it is you got to buy a different kind of cinnamon, either called mm. Ceylon or true cinnamon. It comes from a different variation of the plant. It's hard to find. Most stores don't have it. You might have to order it online. But if your kid's eating, you know, Cinnamon Toast Crunch or you're sprinkling cinnamon on your toast in the mornings, you should know that it is contained. There's a can like a cancer causing chemical in cinnamon. And there's no warning label. I, I, last time I checked, cinnamon doesn't say, hey, just so you know, this has been known to cause cancer. If Yeah. Uh, and uh, cancer, liver and kidney issues. Um, and it's, it's, we know that it's like a small amount, which is why they can get past the FDA because That's right. they're in such small amounts that unless you're taking in at what appear like tons of, of cinnamon, like every day, there are, you're at, you're less of, um, or at less of a risk than, That's than right. you think than you might be. It, it goes through that grass condition, right? Generally, what is it? Generally, um, uh, uh generally, Generally, generally um, recognized as safe. recognized as safe so, recognized because as they safe. realize, hey, this isn't a staple. People aren't consuming a gallon of cinnamon a day once in a while here or there. It's like, OK, but, it, you know, there may not be a once in a while. There's some things that you, even in small doses can do a lot of damage to your body. Right. Um, yeah. Added sugars, of course, we've heard this empty calories. Sugars right. are in just about everything. And one of the most common things is high fructose curse, uh, corn syrup, um, you know, not only does this affect people with diabetes, but it leads to addiction. Um, I got a video I can play on that right now in terms of what having sugar in your body changes the pH. It also makes it more beneficial for disease cells and cancer cells. It makes the environment more ripe for them to grow. So you're feeding bad cell production just by having an overtoxicity of sugar in your body. Even things like gout can happen with a, a buildup of uric acid, having too much sugar, or really you know, sugar at all is not a good thing. And uh, the scary part about that is it's not even depicted on the labels, which we'll get into in the second half. But I wanted to uh, play a little clip here before we go to our half halfway break, uh, just about the food testing, chemical addiction, all that stuff that comes from it. This guy's got a channel and uh, he can relate to all of those topics. So let's check it out. You ever wondered what is actually in your food, how it's made, where it comes from, the ingredients, are they safe or are they not safe? How do you select your foods? Are you someone that just goes to the grocery store, looks at the package, you like the way it looks, or maybe the foods are very colorful, maybe you have an addiction to it, or you just like it because your family members have been eating it for decades. How do you choose your food and do you know if it's safe for you or not? Now, if you're someone who says you read a lot of labels, um, do you actually understand what you're reading? Have you looked up the data gaps? Do you really know how it's tested, if it's safe for human consumption, or you just assume because it makes it into your foods, that is it okay to eat? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that majority of your additives are tested on animals before approval for consumption. This means they test the toxicity level. Uh, further down, sometimes they test for reproductive harm or carcinogenic, and that's how it is approved in our foods. The data comes from the one who is trying to sell you the product. Um, they hire a scientist. The scientist does these research or writes a research paper up. It is given to a health regulatory like FDA or Health Canada and they overlook it and then they set the guidelines for it now keep in mind this is all based on the trust that the person selling the product has given their correct information and had actually did adequate testing on that product but we all know people want to make money now and not 30 years from now so long-term studies are basically never done before approval let's just put 
it out there. We got the toxicity level. We know it's safe and animals and we can eat it. But many people don't realize that behind the scenes, these food industries, these pharmaceutical companies are the ones shaping on how your health is dictated, where you're going to end up how you're going to get if you're healthy. Now, I don't know if anybody knows what an addiction is like, but I can tell you I've been through every drug addiction. I've been through cigarette addiction, weed addiction, alcohol addiction, junk food addiction. Um, I was a really bad eater at one point in my, in my life. I have changed all that, so I know what it's like to be on the clean side and how to be on the rough side. Now, when compared to crack or coke or any of those hardcore drugs that people take, the, the way that the drug makes us feel and makes us do the actions we don't want to, but is manipulating our brain, don't think for one second that the same thing is not happening from the chemicals in your foods. This is why every Friday night you go back for the same bag of chips or you order a, a large pizza. You get into that mindset. You are chemically altered. You are being uh, persuaded into buying something, and that is called an addiction. Now, a lot of people will argue that, especially in my live shows, that we are not the same as animals. We don't eat the same, we don't digest the same, uh, we respond to chemicals and diseases this, uh, differently. Um, so at the end of the day, when you really look at these animal studies that they have tested on animals for the food additives for us to consume, that it is toxic to them at a certain level, how can we say it's the same for us? Now a lot of you will say, well, it's kind of a guideline. Okay, I get it. So when they come out with cancer studies or reproductive harm studies or neurological studies or DNA damage studies and someone like myself or someone else who is researching these additives brings it to light and says, listen, this causes cancer. Everyone gets in defense mode and says, well, we're not animals. It doesn't apply to us. So how can it apply for the safety in our foods by testing on animals? But when it comes to proving in animals that it's harmful to animals, we can't use that to apply the same ideology to us being safe or being able to consume it and not get sick. I really think, and this goes for researchers and these big companies that people that eat, uh, you know, uh, additives or junk food or, or pop or candy, or even people that eat meat, they defend it. And that's when an addiction an addictive personality comes into play. Now I'm not knocking anybody who eats meat out there. Okay. I am a plant eater. I've switched eating plants just over three years ago and it has saved my life and changed my whole in entire body like you wouldn't believe. So don't think for one second, I have never been on your side of the fence and I was never addicted and I never thought that way. And don't think for one second that I don't know and I am not an expert on addictions because I am. I'm an expert on addictions. I've been there, I lived through it. I know how it feels to get off of it. I know the mindset you have to be to get off of it. And I know how it can manipulate your brain and make you wanna do things you don't wanna do. So the fact of the reality is, you're being manipulated with the foods you're eating. We should demand transparency. We should demand comprehensive research on the combination of additives, which has barely been done. It's barely even been touched or even looked at. When you shop and you throw all these products into your cart, including your hair care products, your body care products, and you get to the cash register, you pay for it and you go home, you got a list of 400 additives in your bags, in your kitchen, in your, your washroom. The combination of all those additives in different sequences and different amounts has never been studied. But yet people want to pull out the toxicity levels in animal studies on just that additive alone in hopefully a clean body. I'm sorry, but science does not work out that way. So please join me in my movement in trying to raise awareness and change the future of our generations to come and what they consume in the health. I mean, doesn't your bloodline matter? Growing your family bloodline and growing it to prosperity or abundance 
or health, we all know that health is wealth. Being healthy allows you to do more things in life. It allows you to live longer. It allows you to protect your children longer. When are we all going to realize it's time to act now? Visit my- this is this is first of all I really appreciate his story. Um, that was that was touching. That was actually personal because I've known I've had family members and I've had friends who've dealt with addiction. I think everybody pretty much knows somebody who's dealt with addiction. There was an opioid crisis in the U.S. that was and still is a problem, especially in in certain communities. Um, it's terrible. The, the addiction is terrible. So I appreciate that he was open and honest about that, giving us an idea of where he comes from and how he's likening some of these types of additives to addiction, to, to actual drug addiction. I've heard this before. So, I mean, this is just a small list of some of the additives and <clears throat> what they're used for. It's everything from anti-caking agents, antioxidants, artificial sweeteners, emulsifiers, food acids, uh, humectants, which are even uh, chemicals that give humidity or maintain humidity. So you don't get like dry, stale cookies, things like that. Artificial flavors, flavor enhancers, foaming agents, mineral salts, uh, preservatives, thickeners, vegetable gums, stabilizers, glazing agents. Uh, I mean, it goes on and on. Propellants. So this is, you know, there's a lot of stuff there. And he made a great point. This is just food. Talk about your just, shampoo, your hand soap, the clothes you wear, what kind of dish soap you're using, what kind of laundry <laughs> detergent, you're using fabric softener. The cocktail of chemicals that we bathe ourselves in every day is what is causing these epigenetic changes in people. Kids in their yeah. 20s having kidney failure and stuff like that. It's not everybody that's going to get that, but if you're one of those people that could, and you're kind of borderline, chances are this could push you over the edge and you will develop these things that by all accounts, somebody shouldn't get at that age. Well, when you're born in a toxic bath, the very first sip of breast milk is the accumulation of all the toxic lead and metals and everything that mom has had in her body her entire life. Yes, baby needs a colostrum for, you know, gut health reasons, for uh, immune system reasons, every animal, the babies, you know, when you watch those, um, I like animal rescue shows and they'll rescue yeah. like a baby deer whose mom got hit by a car. If the baby didn't get its first milk, almost never survives. But the ones yeah. that got that colostrum, they now have those antibodies in the immunity, but the colostrum is now being contaminated with these forever chemicals and heavy metals that we've never had to deal with before. And again, nobody's doing long-term studies on this stuff. And uh, it basically comes down to you, the consumer, now more than ever to do your own work, do your own homework, learn about this stuff. Don't just go about your day blindly. There are choices you can make. There are other brands that see that, hey, people are starting to wake up. Yeah, it might be a dollar more for that box of cookies, but it might have 80% less garbage in it. And this isn't about one exposure. These are things we eat and consume daily, right? It's add up right. the exposures yeah. daily, weekly, monthly over the course of your life. You've literally put millions and millions of things in your body and they don't all come out as nicely as we would like. So, yeah, I, I would say I was going to say there, that Robert Sapolsky, um, who was a who is a philosopher and scientist and ed college professor who talks about the idea that there is no free will. He believes that free will is an illusion. I don't necessarily agree with him on that. I do think that free free will is, a, is an illusion to an extent, um, the extent of which our free will, it, it appears to be. Uh, it's not what we think it is. We have less free will, if you will, <laughs> no pun intended, than you think. Yes, we have the free will to get up in the morning when we, when we want to, you think. We can go brush our teeth this way instead of that way, or we can do whatever we want to in, in very small ways. But when it comes to big decisions like who are you, how do you think 
How do you feel? What kind of person will you become? Um, what's your what's your moral framework going to be? Those things, they are very difficult to, to autonomously develop on your own. Nearly impossible given that there's not just the, the media manipulation that's going on. And I mean movies and television and news and uh, advertising and all that stuff like that. That's all trying to trying to manipulate who you are on the inside, but also what you're putting into your body. And so this is this is such a great. I mean, it's a great topic. It's a little bit morbid, I understand, but it's essential. So well, I mean, think about it. These companies are spending money on advertising and commercials rather than putting that money into like they're making those products cheaper by using those chemicals that aren't good for us. So it's a money saving right. thing. But then you go spend five million a year in ads. So it's all about marketing, not about the product. It's so don't buy it because it looks cool or they had a celebrity. Do your own research. Most celebrities don't care. They want the check. If you want, yeah. if you got a new product and you want to launch it and you want to, you know, uh, have a big party and get the media there and photos, you could pay a celebrity 250 grand, somebody like Paris Hilton or of that caliber, they'll show up at your party, eat and drink and socialize. And everybody will think, wow, like, look at all the celebrities at this thing. Whether they, and they do that for fundraising, yep. they do it yep. for charities. Yep. Sometimes it's good, and these people want to help. But those celebrities aren't always there because they're for the movement. They're there because they're getting paid to be there. So don't yeah. buy the marketing that these companies are just throwing down your throat. What are they actually making? Who cares if uh, your favorite basketball or baseball players on the box of Wheaties? What is in the box of Wheaties? And I haven't done the math on what's in the box of Wheaties, so I don't know. But most cereal is fortified and we're going to show you what it's fortified with <laughs> in the second half. So the deep dive will get even deeper. We're going to take our five minute break. Everybody refill those drinks, get your snacks, chat rooms on fire tonight. We love reading your guys' comments. Yeah. And Thank uh, you. thanks again for all the support and love. We love you guys right back. We're doing these shows for you. So we'll see everybody in five minutes and uh, we'll get right back into it.
And we are back with the second half of Quantum Ladder Podcast, talking about what is in our food. And uh, we've gone over some of the uh, just sort of basic additives, things to watch out for, giving you sort of an idea of the games and uh, the play and don't put too much credence in what the FDA approves or doesn't approve. Um, so a couple other things I wanted to get into before I explain labels and things like that. So we'll go through these quickly here. We talked about food additives. The list is a mile long. Some of the, the basic, most common reactions people have are digestive disorders, you know, colicky pains in children, diarrhea, nervous disorders, hyperactivity, insomnia, irritability, respiratory problems, skin problems, anybody that has eczema, my daughter has eczema as a two and a half year old and uh, certain Same, foods yeah. we give her have flared that up. Right. So Same, we become yeah. more, have you experienced anything like that? Young people being more sensitive? Yeah. My, my young, youngest daughter, she, I don't know what, what it is exactly yet because um, we don't get, we have a very limited and strict diet for her, but something is, is causing her um, to break out in this rash occasionally. And I know for sure that one of her clothes, ironically, there's a, there's two outfits that are of the same material, and I can't remember what it's called at the moment. Um, but every time we put them on her, she itches constantly. Yeah. And we we had a re- we we didn't recognize what was going on at first. We just thought she naturally had it, but there are certain certain things that actually they they kind of cause it uh, yeah. to break out. Yeah. If you look at clothing uh, labels, it's essentially plastic for the most part, right? You have polyesters and you have nylons and rayons and all that. It's it's synthetic plastic, and these things break down into tiny little fibers in the dryer, yeah. and they get into our body, right? And so it's like you don't have to just worry about it through your water, your food. It's your clothing. It's the chemicals. Like the yep. clothing itself, you know, natural fibers like hemp or cotton tend to be, you know, better for skin, uh, more biodegradable, and less toxic for that reason. But if the, if the pesticide residue is left on the cotton and the cotton itself is contaminated and there are organic cottons for that very reason right so um, another big thing that we talked about earlier was the bpa so biphenol and again we mentioned that that is acts like a hormone and estrogen interrupter can interfere with puberty um, you know it can increase body fat cause problems with your immune and um, nervous system and this is found in the lining of soda cans um, and plastics with the number three or seven cash register restrict receipts have it that sort of slippery plasticky paper you get uh, plastic baby bottles sippy cups it's been banned like i said in north america but be careful if you're buying online another big one is phthalates these exist a lot in shampoos um, the same thing they act like hormone or endocrine disruptors they're found in packaging garden hoses inflatable toys nail polish hairspray lotion fragrance i mean the cosmetic industry is loaded with phthalates and there is a movement of, I know my wife's very conscious of when she was pregnant, what kind of makeup she used for that exact yeah. reason. Yep. Uh, and then you have the, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this, perfluoral alkyl chemicals, PFCs. These are the forever chemicals that we cannot get out of our body. And they lead to things like low birth weight in babies, problems with your immune system, thyroid, fertility. They are commonly found in things like greaseproof paper, cardboard packaging, uh, household products like the water repellent fabrics, nonstick frying pans. If your nonstick pan starting to peel, throw it out. Teflon is toxic and it's full of these PFCs. Uh, perchlorate is also um, a similarly chemical, you know, structure wise, interferes with your thyroid, disrupts brain development. Uh, it's even in some dry food packaging. So apparently it decreases static. So that's why they use it. I mean, it could kill you. But uh, you won't have any static in your chips. Wow. <laughs> wow. This is what I mean. These companies have a certain amount of leeway to do what they want to do. And there's no oversight, you know. Artificial food color is a big one. This only came out, I would say, 
maybe I just noticed it in the last decade or so, but I know it hasn't been forever. But there's a link between some food colorings and hyperactivity, ADHD. Mm-hmm. So it yep. could be from yep. the coloring in your kid's cereal that your kid acts that way and you can't figure it out. And what happens? We go to the medical industry. They go, hey, we need to medicate this kid. And now you're going to have the side effects of big pharma for the rest of your life. In a young and developing body, it could go right back to the stupid food coloring in the the cookies they're eating or the colored cereal that they're having, you know, like uh, Fruit Loops and stuff like that. That's all artificial colors. And a few of them are, are worse than others. Like there's... Uh, uh, they have numbers. I think red 40 and yellow five are the worst. Yeah, red dye 40, red dye 40 and, and yellow dye. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. The, I don't remember what the number is again, but yeah, those and are terrible. Nitrite, terrible. This is uh, something that you're going to find in bacon or smoked meats, deli meats that can interfere with your thyroid, your blood's ability to deliver oxygen, increase risk of certain cancers. And they use nitrates and everything from packaged hot dogs, deli meat. When you get pre-sliced meat in the package, it's got to have a shelf life, right? It's, yeah. Just like any deli meat, that if it went bad in two days, they'd be throwing out the whole deli case every couple of days. So to extend that, things are cured in salt and nitrates. Well, that and the combination of other things and an unhealthy lifestyle other ways, and you could have uh, major problems, right? And let's give some examples of everyday items that you should probably watch out for. Uh, let's start with bread. Cancer-causing agents lurking in bread. This is potassium bromate. Yep. So it, uh, it's a carcinogen. It's added to the flour. Uh, it's banned in several countries, including Brazil, Canada, Europe, uh, and the UK. It is not banned in the United States. So, I mean, despite health concerns, uh, the levels are still there in U.S. bread. And uh, the FDA has not adjusted the level since 1973. So any new discoveries in the world of food science, and hey, this isn't really that good for you, they haven't even revisited it. So there's no need for the company to do anything because they're still within regulation. Like I can see from the company's point of view, like what, we're just going to burn money? Like, no, make it the law and then we'll have no choice. That's just how corporations work. But if there's the fact that anything has a 50, what, one year old limit on it? Come on. What have we learned in 51 years? (laughs) Oh my gosh. How did we eat and drink 51 years ago? What was our life expectancy? What was the average (laughs) age? Like, come on, how does FDA not take that into account? You know? And again, these are endocrine disruptors. That potassium bromate is essentially, uh, you know, it's going to screw up your kid's puberty. Here's uh, two other bad chemicals, BHA and BHT. I have them here. So BHA, I'm going to do my best. Uh, Butylated hydroxyanisole, butylated hydroxyanisole. And BHT is butylated hydroxytoluene. Sounds like a planet from Star Wars. Tall you mean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Crunch, uh, Apple Crunch and Apple Jack cereal uh, contain this stuff. Um, you know, and they, they come from a variety of manufacturers, but there's a list of over 10,000 food additives that are allowed for use. These chemicals weren't really scrutinized, but be careful with uh, uh, Captain Crunch and Apple Jacks. They, for whatever reason, have a higher percentage of this stuff. This one I couldn't believe Pop Tarts. Not the Pop Tarts, the friggin' package. This <laughs> preservative used in Pop Tarts and hundreds of popular foods may harm the immune system. That is yeah. what is called TBHQ. I'm not going to mm. even guess at what the hell it is. Essentially, it's a <laughs> preservative, it's pervasive in processed foods. Um, it serves no function other than uh, increasing shelf life. So you have the packaging that has BHT and uh, BHA, and then you have preservatives inside. 
Uh, and they affect, they basically affect your immune cells, proteins at doses similar to cause harm in traditional studies. Uh, TBHQ might influence how well vaccines work and maybe linked mm. to a rise in food allergies. Um, I was actually, I kind of went down that rabbit hole of food allergies and I found a clip here. Hopefully I can find um, the guy. Yeah, allergies and asthma. So this doesn't just come down to how you feel or things like surface level, like right. skin irritations or whatever, or even long-term effects. We may even have, as a result of heavy metals and toxicity, an increase in certain allergies. Uh, and again, nobody's doing the work on this, very few, and it's hard to find accurate information because there's so few and far between people bringing out credible stuff. There's a lot of garbage out there too, so researcher beware. But uh, check out this guy's opinion on uh, allergies as a result of our toxic food. That all of these companies are feeding babies toxic heavy metals in extreme... Peanut allergies and asthma actually can be traced back to the excessive amount of heavy metals in baby formulas. My nutrition teacher in university actually used to talk about this all the time because he was one of the people who pointed this out to the FDA. I'm specifically referring to the excessive amount of iron in baby's food. And this is going to be very confusing to people because iron is a necessity for baby's development. Their brains and their lungs and everything about their body needs iron. And breast milk just does not cut it, generally speaking. A mother cannot provide enough iron for the baby's cognitive development. But we're overdoing it and hurting these little guys. High iron levels increases the severity of asthma, so much so, so much so that over the last 25 years, the CDC says the prevalence of asthma is up over 300%. One in 12 people, or 25 million Americans, have asthma, and that number is increasing every single year. It costs $56 billion annually just to treat this one disease. And if you're new to this channel, let me just say one thing. Where there is a cost, there is a profit. If it's costing U.S. citizens $56 billion annually, that means someone else is profiting $56 billion annually. If Big Pharma is getting so much revenue from something as simple as asthma or allergies because they're both linked in the body, where is the incentive to do something about it? There just isn't one. The studies I just showed you guys are from 2003 and 2015, it's 10 and 20 years ago. We've known this relationship exists for decades and yet they are not doing anything about it. And that's just iron. We didn't even talk about the other heavy metals that are in baby food that just plain and simple should not be allowed. But the FDA is not regulating that. It's up to the companies to set the thresholds. That's ridiculous. Don't be fooled. There's a reason why the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is in charge of both the food supply and the drug supply in America. They go hand in hand. Oh, man. I really, I really hope that people... I hope you guys are paying attention to this because... Um, I again, I know how things can be when it comes to how we view what problems are like the hierarchy of problems. What do we consider the most problematic thing? Uh, a lot of people would say, oh, well, you know, uh, I think that, you know, the political atmosphere is important. And then there's you know the, the, the nature of our social and cultural issues. And then there's, you know, but I kind of feel like the, the pyramid is upside down. I mean, <laughs> it's what you're eating. It's what, what you're feeding your children. Right. Yeah. The, the biggest one, which is the most important thing, because that generation, we are essentially and yes, we do live longer and longer every every generation, by the way. Uh, for the most part, we have lived longer and longer for, for hundreds of years now. We've, our life expectancy has increased dramatically. Um, however, that does not mean that we are healthier. 
yeah at all and it starts with at infancy i, I really appreciate that he brought the he's pointing out the fact these facts yeah well we did our nature versus nurture we talked about epigenetic and how it's not right. just the things that you do in your life and the choices you make it goes back to you being in uterine in your mother's belly the choices she made what chemicals she was exposed to at that point. And some have even done work. I think Deepak Chopra was the one that we ran a clip of. And he said it could go yeah. back as far as seven generations. So it's almost like, well, how was a kid have all these problems and sensitivities? Uh, you know, we ate those same foods. Why is there not some sort of, you know, resilience built within them? It might just mean that their toxic level is so high that they only need this much more to start displaying symptoms. Whereas we were born with a cleaner slate. It took us a lifetime to get to that level but we've passed it to them through epigenetics and through just the act of reproduction that these kids are born with more junk in their bodies now than ever before. Mm -hmm. you know, I saw a documentary the other day. He was talking about air pollution and it was a thoracic surgeon in India. And he says, I don't see pink lungs anymore. Even if it's a child and I'm doing open you know, lungs or whatever surgery, they're a grayish color. The average person in whatever city that was in is the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes every day because the air quality is so bad. There wow. are no more pink lungs, even in kids. So like, you know, what does that mean? That's like every mom smoking every time they're pregnant for generations, not just a few mm. people here and there. What's that going to look like in 40 years? And these people are not knowingly. They don't know what's happening and they don't really have a choice. They're stuck just kind of living in that. And heavy metals yeah. is a big part of that. When we burn hydrocarbons, the byproduct and the biggest change over the last you know 50 years or whatever was removing unleaded gasoline i think it was 1969 or 1970 they said you can't put lead in the gas that's why if you buy like a 69 corvette it's worth a fortune because it had all the power as soon as they unleaded the gas all these companies took them a few years to figure out how the hell do we get all this horsepower back again so there's a few generations of muscle car that are garbage right around that 70 71 <laughs> Yeah. 72 correct me i'm not a, a gearhead in the, the muscle cars as much as sort of european cars but there was a definite change but the reason they did it was lead was literally coming out in the form of soot and air pollution and landing on everything people the air we breathe the food we're growing heavy metals is a big problem and uh yeah. i've got a, a little article from the news here um just explaining it a little further lead arsenic mercury and cadmium heavy metals many manufacturers of baby food don't test for but a nonprofit out of Colorado wanted to know what's hiding behind the labels. What are we actually feeding America's most vulnerable population? Every single baby food sample went through this machine. This is Ellipse Analytics, an accredited lab in Denver, Colorado. We traveled there to get an exclusive look at test results. There's a lack of, of knowledge when it comes to what's actually in these products. Sean Callen is the lab's director of operations and quality. To help parents make better choices, Ellipse Analytics teamed up with the nonprofit Clean label project and tested for toxins in 700 products the infant formula did better in general yeah ranging from baby to early toddler food some of the results shocked Callen, like finding lead in infant formula 35 percent of the formula samples tested positive for some level of lead i mean that's an alarming level particularly when we consider the effect that lead has on developing brains when it comes to formula similac and infamil had products that tested in the top five for purity but one infamil formula is ranked in the bottom five and the lab found a chemical linked to cancer and brain damage in some food samples it's what you call a cumulative toxin. The levels of acrylamide varied depending on the food. Is a tiny amount of it going to hurt you right now? No. But a tiny amount of it over and over and over again? 
that's a different story. The lab screened for 130 different environmental contaminants, from heavy metals and pesticides to antibiotics. Science doesn't lie. Jacqueline Bowen is the executive director of Clean Label Project. The nonprofit is focused on health and transparency when it comes to product labels. She says brands usually only test for traditional food contaminants. Things like E. coli, salmonella, listeria. Bowen believes that testing should be more extensive. She hopes what the lab discovered in baby food results in a call to action. The wake up call for brands that they need to be much more diligent they can go wee. Local mom Laura Temke works in the food safety industry. What a label tells you is questionable sometimes. She realizes we don't know everything that's in our food, but even Laura was shocked when we shared some of the test results, especially when it comes to organic products. According to the lab, the samples tested averaged twice as much arsenic as conventional baby food. It's crazy, actually. You think I'm buying organic, it's free from chemicals and impurities and things. The toxic substance also showed up in a popular kid's snack. You want puffs? Many brands make puffs. Test results show some had higher levels of arsenic than others. It's a little scary. So is bisphenol A or BPA. One of the brands Laura buys makes a BPA-free claim, but the lab found the industrial chemical in several of the Happy Family products. They lie. They be lying. <laughs> Come on. What are we doing? Lead and arsenic and baby food. Like, seriously, is this like, I don't, not too much of a conspiracy guy, but it seems like there's a lot of money to be made off of sick people. If we could start them off sick at an earlier age, that'd be great. We could have customers for life. You know, like, what are we doing? <laughs> Lifetime consumers. Lifetime consumers. Man. You know, it. it's a, it's sick. And, and, and again, I think that when we talk about I'm trying really, we'll talk about more about what I really feel in some of the, uh, in the Patreon side of things, but yeah, really it, it bothers me that we focus on the wrong issues instead of the right ones. And this is one of the right issues to be focused on. I would love to see people storm at a, on a corporation and be like, stop feeding our children arsenic and lead and stop putting chem. I'd like this. That would be great. Um, to see. Yeah. And like. <laughs> People are calling for immediate action. Like there's yeah. a loophole in the system. This wasn't happening when you wrote the original regulations. Stop everything like right now and fix yeah. this is a major problem. And, yeah. you know, they talk about labels. Let's get into labels. So this started with our good friend, Scott Rosen, who's a Quantum Club member, and he's a, a contributor to our show. He helps us with some research and stuff like that. He sent me a screenshot of a can of chili from the United States. And he goes, hey, do you guys have uh, like sugar uh like percentages on yours i'm like yeah it's gotta be we got everything and he's like well it'll show you all the different percentages uh i'll give you an example here so this is canada and the u.s now this slide actually they're proposing a new label that would fix some of these issues but the canadian labels are closer to the way they are on the right american labels are on the left so everything in canada has to have a grams of uh, your, you know, how many in the serving and your daily percentage values. Everything has to have some value. And this picture of chili that Scott sent me, it just said, uh, you know, like four grams of sugar, but there's no percentage. So look at the slide on the left. Sugars and this, whatever label this is for, sugars, 12 grams. But what's the percentage? How do you know if 12 grams is too much or not enough or if you're doing good or not? Yeah. You don't have a percentage. It's And his theory, and I'm starting to believe it too, there's a bit of a conspiracy. People that are diabetic and, and overweight yeah. Yeah. wind up you know, benefiting big pharma a lot. You get sick, you mm -hmm. need pills, especially if you're diabetic. That's a lifetime thing. 
And we've talked about, you know, the CEOs raising the price of insulin like 4,000%. Thousands of percent. So even if you're trying and you don't want to be obese, you don't really know that this label, okay, 12 grams of sugar, is that good? Is that not good? You know, and think about this. Coca-Cola has 44 milligrams or whatever grams of sugar in a can. If you look at a sugar packet, like, you know, you'd have to put in your coffee. Each of those is a gram. It's grams. 44 of those are in one can of Coca-Cola. The sugar packets wouldn't even fit in the can. (laughs) This is industrially refined. You know what I mean? It's a real sugar, for God's sake. Real sugar, yeah. Try holding 44 sugar packets in your hands. I bet you can't do it, but yet it's in every single can of Coke. And the U.S. is not even telling people, hey, that's like 200% or, you know, 60% of what your daily value should be. And I didn't even know what the Canadian limit on sugar was. So I went and got a can of tomato sauce out of my pantry. It had three grams of sugar and it said that that was 3%. So I'm assuming based on that easy math, 100 grams a day is sort of the Canadian max. Not saying that that's safe to have 100 milligrams. It's really that much. Two cans of Coke and an apple and you're over. And not to mention there's naturally occurring sugars and and things things you can even think. Foods you're eating that aren't sweet still have high fructose corn syrup with a huge amount of sugar. It's it's more than just a sweetener, what these sugars are used for. They act as a preserving agent. It's cheaper to manufacture, does less damage to the machinery, less cleanup. There's always a, a fiscal benefit. There's always some monetary reason why they do that. And so even some of the serving amounts are tampered with. So if you look at like a Canadian and a U.S. label, the serving in Canada, all those are based on like 200 grams. But in the U.S., it'll look similar percentage-wise based on 130-gram serving size. So they're shrinking the numbers on the label by just calling a serving less of that. Now it's got mm. less sugar. You know, if you buy Lipton chicken noodle soup, you know, the instant soup, yep, they yep. make a less sodium version. When you read the instructions, the regular Lipton soup is four cups of water to make the soup. The other one is three cups of water. So it makes less soup. That's why it's reduced sodium. Yeah, there's probably more MSG and less actual salt, which MSG is not good either. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why, but it's, you know, the headaches and digestive issues linked to that. But in some cases, it's just it's only going to make three cups of soup, not four. So compared to regular Lipton, yeah, this is reduced sodium. So they can play with words and they can do this stuff. And marketing is very creative. And that's where there's bulk of their money, not on the product. And a U.S. label, here's an example there. In the U.S., serving is 100 grams. Or sorry, in, in Europe, a serving might be 100 grams. But in the U.S., that same serving would be 134 grams. So larger recommended servings um, than you may need. It, it, you know, it's hard to say the, the food or the um, recommended, you know, what you should eat every day, all that stuff. It's kind of skewed. Even that hasn't really been updated in many, many years. So, you know, we're supposed to eat so many grams of this and so many grams of that, but that's just based on what somebody said. And it could be based yeah. on 40 year old research. You know, have you come across any uh, deceiving labels or um... are you kidding me? All of my labels are deceiving my friend. Um, almost all. I mean, the whole idea of like less sugar, that's a funny thing too, because a lot of times they do reduce the serving size or they change the ingredients. Another thing is they'll say things like organic or like art of uh, like a naturally flavored, yeah. which is a really good one. Or there are no added sugars to right. something, 
When, yeah, when it's it, like you look at the, <laughs> it makes it sound like there's no sugar, it but it's straight stupid. apple juice already has enough sugar. Ton of so it. they're just saying no added sugar. Right. Well, then why is it so damn sweet? Because it's already in there. And again, they if you look at the labels, pay really close attention to the very to the very first ingredient or the first couple of ingredients because a lot of times the stuff that you're eating isn't even actually the stuff that you're. It's it's like at the in the middle or towards the end of the ingredients list, which are like fifty different things to make up what should be just one yeah but all those 50 things are for flavoring coloring and preservatives it's yeah. insane it's insane it's insane look at how you would make that product the old-fashioned way why does it this label have all this stuff so like mayonnaise yeah. what are you talking eggs bit of oil maybe some mustard or some lemon and uh you know you're gonna emulsify it and that's how you make your mayonnaise read yeah. a label on a mayonnaise container it's all things to extend the shelf life you know mm. it's all saturated fat oils it's things like, uh, in fact, Miracle Whip, um, or yeah, was cool. Yeah, Cool Whip is the like the whipped cream. Miracle Whip's the mayonnaise yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Miracle Whip was actually invented a long time ago when mayonnaise was originally invented. I think it was um, uh, Heinz or Kraft or somebody who made the original mayonnaise, but the shelf life wasn't there. So they made Miracle Whip to have no eggs whatsoever in it and a heavier concentration of these stable oils. So they wind up getting super popular craft because they were able to build something and a product that could stay on the shelf for months, but it is liquid plastic. It is not good for you. It is cholesterol in yeah. a bottle. It will screw up your good cholesterol and give you more bad cholesterol. That's the problem with some of these things too. They're actually disrupting that healthy balance that you would have from eating more of a natural diet, you know? And, and I, uh, I do wonder, I do wonder a lot of times like the, you know, I, I mentioned this before, but like, I think that the world has a cognitive issue where yeah. uh, there are some, and I don't mean like people are mentally necessarily mentally ill, but I mean like people are cognitively challenged. I do not think it's their fault. I do think that people have a very difficult time holding complex ideas in their head. And then at the same time or simultaneously conceptualize, like getting an idea, an understanding of what those ideas really mean, how they connect to the real world. They don't understand their own worldview or their, their their mental model of the world, as they say. And they're not very good critical thinkers at all. It's like most people are just not very good critical thinkers. In the U.S., I believe in like 2015, the average reading level of, of, of Americans, of average, of average Americans, was seventh grade. And you could you could kind of tell. Um, for the most part, by just having a conversation with, listen, I'm an American, by the way, just so you guys know, the, the average American does have a very difficult time having an intelligent conversation or even just having a regular conversation that, that, um, that is sensible. But what's worse is the fact that, that, that this, this is happening to people. These things are happening to people. And if you aren't, uh, healthy, mentally, chemically, biologically healthy um or i don't like to use the word normal because I, I don't think there's anything there's no normal i think normal is relative you can't make good decisions you can't so people are suffering in a lot of ways there are people that are they call them lazy or they call people certain people um that have hypertension that have uh, adhd which is a very big deal in, in the u.s and they say oh it's just how you're born no it's not no it's yeah. not you're not, I don't, I don't, maybe you were born that way, by the way, maybe, but that's not like a natural process. It's an abnormality. It's literally an aberrant medical behavior, a medical e expression or manifestation. Something is wrong. The question is, where did it come from? And I think that a lot of it 
and I mean a lot of it, according to people like Gabriel Mate, who talks about the child development and how that works, and other scientists who study these, these types of epigenetic changes in people, they are a product of your environment. I am 100% on the side of nature. I think nature is far more influential in our life. It doesn't have to be, and it not necessarily. Uh, it's not necessarily what what it could be different. It could be 50-50, but right now in our civilization, it is not 50-50. Yeah. It is like almost entirely nurture. And then whatever natural would be like you walking, talking, eating, sleeping, breathing, that's the natural, but everything else, it's all nurture. Yeah. Everything. Even if you're doing your absolute best to raise your kid in a loving, supportive environment, yep. free from trauma, yep. they could have issues just because of their food, their clothing, yep. their shampoo, their soap. Maybe they're more sensitive. Maybe yeah. your whole lineage and everybody else's lineage is a toxic cocktail that's yeah. inadvertently been passed along. And we just continue giving our kids the same cereals they love because that's all they eat for breakfast. We're happy they're just eating. But this guy went, this clip I'm going to play, this guy went through a stroll through a grocery store trying to find stuff that wasn't, I think he was looking for GMO or bioengineered food. And it was just about everything he picked up off the shelf. It had it. And uh, yeah, you, like, again, we need to become a little bit of investigators. This isn't, you know, astrophysics level stuff. But basically, if it's supposed to just have a few simple ingredients and it's got 50, keep walking. Just plain white rice. When we looked at ingredients and saw that it has a bioengineered ingredients, it made me want to go check other box foods. Magic Spoon cereal? Y'all spend $10 on cereal. Contains bioengineered food. Special Cake cereal? Contains bioengineered. Ritz crackers? Bioengineered. Goldfish? Bioengineered. Oreos? Bioengineered. Ladies and gents, eat real food stop eating all this garbage processed stuff on the grocery store aisles and take in the right amount of calories if you don't know what your calorie goal is for fat loss go use the free calorie calculator fullertonnutrition.com hit the calories with meat veggies nuts seeds and fruit i guarantee you within three months you'll have the best results you've ever had starving yourself doing 1200 calories a day I like that bioengineered. Everybody knows the, the term GMO now. GMO is yeah, bad. GMO. Even if you don't know what the hell GMO is, you know it's not good. But bioengineered yeah. is not GMO. No, Same genetically thing. modified organism is what GMO is. Biologically engineered is different. And, yeah. and it, it, this is what gets me. Well, there's a lot of things <laughs> about this specific thing, right? The fact that we have the level of, of like scientific ingenuity to make something. Like to make a, an ingredient, to make a food product, product to increase uh, the, the production of food. And instead of using it to like, I don't know, feed starving nations, we're using it to increase profits at all costs. By the way, the, the, the prime directive, the prime imperative of a corporation is to maximize profits and to minimize loss, period, period. The World, World Economic Forum has just kind of had their thing. And there's a lot of you know controversy and conspiracy about that. But long story short, they have this vision. They've had this vision of like corporations being so wealthy and, and generating so much wealth for a nation that they eventually can spread that wealth among the people. Um, almost like what some people fear. They fear this idea of socialism, which I don't think any ism, whether it be capitalism, social, whatever. I don't think that there's any one good or bad. I think there all there needs to be a new system. But either way, the idea of corporations helping people sounds great. It sounds like a good idea. That is not their real intention. <laughs> That's yeah, just not, not their not. intention. 
not their intention. No way. Definitely not. And we talked about that hyperactivity and uh, food coloring and stuff like that. So uh, an agency in California actually acknowledged that synthetic food dyes, there is a link to hyperactivity and, you know, it's just behavioral issues. And now that you think with that information, the FDA or somebody would say, hey, hey, hey now that we have data, you know, we're going to make a decision. It's bad enough that they got 50 year old levels in some categories. But even when presented with information, yeah. why does this have to get tied up in red tape? Because, oh, that company that makes that product also makes five billion other products. Well, it's Kraft or it's General Mills. So we're not going to yank it. We, you know, like it's a boys club. Everybody's in bed with each other at, a, at some level. Previous episodes, we've showed that some of these companies like Nestle, they go, they want everything from the water in your stream to soap, you know, like they, it's not about yeah. making good products. It's about making money. And, you know, the food coloring is a bad one. There's a bunch of other issues. Um, so, you know, brain development at a critical age, just one milligram of yellow number five uh, was enough to affect the most sensitive children. And a single serving of lemonade Gatorade has three times the amount and a single serving of Sunny D had uh, more than 20 times the amount that you're supposed to have of this yellow yeah. food coloring. So if you've got a hyperactive yeah, we, kid, stop giving them anything yellow with, with red or yellow food coloring or any food coloring. See if it makes, an, uh, makes a difference. And um, I mean, it gets worse than that when you start looking at forever chemicals. So food packaging, pizza boxes, uh, food wrappers, takeout containers, micro microwave popcorn bags, disposable trays. Um, bakery bags, nonstick pans, firefighting foam, outdoor gear, uh, artificial turf, medical equipment, uh, firefighters, um, like flame retardant clothing has this stuff in it. Like, it's just, I don't know why it ever came in the first place. It must have been an oversight. I'd like to give somebody the benefit of the doubt to say they didn't know. Why would you intentionally put this stuff yeah. in there? Yeah. But maybe they were doing research on a chemical that says, hey, this stuff makes a good fire retardant. But does it leach into the body? You know, nobody ever really went that far. They just wanted to get it to market. And uh, I am Canadian. So, in fact, the Canadian government is taking steps to address uh, these PFAs. Um, there was a report done. I think it was W5 or um, something on CBC, basically going through the cosmetics world and finding these PFAs. I mean, they're in everything from food packaging, nonstick cookware, clothing, cosmetics. But... Uh, there was no contingency like the company only had to prove that their product didn't have it if it got it from the packaging like if the lipstick got contaminated with pfas because of the cylinder then it was okay to say well that's trace contamination it's not us we did what we could you know we buy our lipstick caps from china i don't know something happened right like mm -hmm. that's not good enough and they're making yeah. changes in the law yeah. thank god somebody probably because it was on tv and 25 million people saw it and made some noise, right? But with the exception well, they, of that, you kind of wonder, would they've gone, would they be doing this if somebody wasn't trying to knock their door down and say, hey, hey, time's up? Yes, they would. And you know what's funny? <laughs> I'm being, I'm a little pessimistic on that one. But I will say um, it, there have been uh, some court cases. I can't remember the name, but there was a person that went to get, that was going to, and there was a couple of cases of this. But they were going to essentially um, whistleblow on their on some of the practices that they're they're they're. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, I, I can't. I should have saved that. I didn't save it because I didn't think we were going to talk about that specifically uh, about specific court cases uh, um, that have been against someone. Oh, let me. Well, in the let me just kind of give you a vague remember a memory of this. But this guy, he was going to whistleblow on the com his company for some basically some bad practices they put that they're using in their food processing. 
and they fired him. And he claimed, oh, they did it because they fired him because of obviously he was he was going, he was planning on whistleblowing on them. He tried to go to court for it. Long story short, they buried him. He couldn't fight it. And that yeah. story buried. Nothing about it. I found an article or two about it and nothing else. And I had to go to like some a, a very a very left, like far, far, far left wing, you know, kind of a, a, a interesting left wing uh, new, me, uh, media website to find this. I just I feel like and there were others, by the way, there were plenty of others people that have tried to whistleblow on their companies for this, for, for things like this. And they're they're reprimanded. They get they get consequences for telling people, hey, they're putting this stuff in your food, which means even if they do tell you, by the way, people are going to forget. They forget easily. We have we have like this this very repetitive uh, amnesia that yeah. has that not just about like news situations, but also history itself. We forget how bad things can be by letting things happen, by letting things go, by letting little things like one corporate one food packaging that's been recalled. By the way, I get like an uh, I get an article every every week. There's an article that says this product was recalled. This product was recalled. This product was recalled. And not always because there's a contamination, but a lot of times it's because there's something found in it that is bad for you. Yeah. And we just forget, we just let it go. And, uh, you know, I'm going to yeah, walk into a Costco right before the return section. When you first go in, there's a bulletin board on the right. They don't have any flashing lights or anything to draw attention to, but that's a recall notice. I think yeah. that's law in Canada that you have to notify people one way or the other. That's how they do it. They're like, well, we put it on the board. But I was waiting in line for my wife to do a refund one day and I read some of the stuff and it was like, yeah, this had metal fragments in it. There was bits of broken glass in that cereal. I mean, Quaker Oats just had a recall in Canada for I think it's Listeria or Salmonella. Usually you get that in like spinach or something wet, something yeah. that, you know, came in. this is like dried oats. How the hell do you get that kind of, you know. It's because the food lines and the food chains are coming from so many different places. They're sharing machinery and equipments. And, you know, my daughter has a peanut allergy. Anything made in the grocery store, even if they bake bread, it will say may contain because they're not like sanitizing their metal table. They went from baking butter tarts to now they're making like almond bread. Now they're making regular bread. So everything touches everything. So just to be safe and so they don't get sued, everything is slapped yeah, with may contain. So in order for me to get snacks for my daughter, it has to come from a factory that is specifically peanut free, just so we don't take a chance, you know, like the, we think our food is clean. And you mentioned that, you know, somebody wanted to whistle blow and these guys just tie you up in litigation and bankrupt you. His name was like Charlie something. Let me see if I can find this guy's name while you're. Well, and so that, you know, and then the article disappears. So you, you kind of think, well, that's why they're doing it because small guys can't compete. Well, no, Harvard did a study on it on these forever chemicals, um, men mentioning that, you know, they were seriously concerned. Um, they get into our bodies and they don't get out. They're resistant to water, grease, and heat. So even soap can't remove them sometimes. They're in everything, food packaging, clothing, cosmetics, toilet paper. Uh, it's linked to high cholesterol, thyroid disease, liver damage, asthma, allergies, reduced vaccine response to children, uh, decreased fertility, newborn deaths, low birth weight, birth defects, and delayed development. I mean, how many more bad things does it need to do before yeah. somebody gives a you know what and does something about it? You know, like I found it. I found it, by the way. It's, it's a it was a lawsuit that was filed under the Food Safety Modernization Act, the FSMA. Um, and in the case, there was a guy they don't name him in full, probably for safety reasons. They called him Chase. I thought it was Charlie. My, my apologies. But he was terminated from his job and later pursued a, whist a whistleblower claim against the former employer, alleging that. 
The termination was a form of retaliation for his planned disclosure of food safety violations. Following his notification to the company about his intention to file a claim, the company reported uh, reportedly filed a lawsuit against him, which he claimed were retaliations. Absolutely. So it, they have to say claim, claim, and claim. And even when they settle, they give you a big chunk of money, whether it's severance for wrongful dismissal, because anybody can get fired. They just got to write you a check. And along with that check comes an NDA. So you can't talk about it any further. So most people yeah. don't have the balls to do it. And they're going to give you $2 million and you made 15 bucks an hour. You're going to think about your family first. And I'm not even saying I blame the guy who takes the yeah. money. You know, like, what are you what supposed the, to do? What was, the, what was the movie with, uh, okay, you know the movie Pretty Woman? Let me see yeah. that, that chick's name. Uh, everybody knows Julia her name. Roberts? I can't think. Julia Roberts. She played in a movie, okay, about a, a, a town that was essentially they were all getting cancer at an at yeah like, yeah that aaron brockovich it was so good yeah, yeah. and i was like oh my gosh this this actually based happened. on a real story i think too yes. right it was yeah. based on a true story there was like this company um that was the so in 1993 uh, was unemployed single mom and three children who recently been injured by a traffic accident come to find out she had some other issues uh, what is it? The Pacific Gas and Electric Company was the one yeah. who was um, who was trying to buy her home and they were trying to buy up the home of other people, too. Um, but they didn't. And it was because they wouldn't they wouldn't sell. Uh, there was a whole you got to watch that movie. It was. Yeah, it was called Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, it Aaron is Brockovich. a very it's an amazing movie. It's a fantastic movie. Um, and I really I really love the, the plot. The thing that I find maddening is we're showing you articles and research done by the likes of Harvard, independent studies, mm. breast cancer lobbyist organizations, people doing the research, taking the money and now doing the work so that they can go to government lobby and say, hey, you know, here it is. Here's the study you guys didn't have. Let's do something about it. And I was really upset to find out that many of the levels, even though the FDA knows, levels mm. haven't changed. Toxic levels mm. are pretty well exactly the same as they were. Here's a clip explaining it. And something is wrong. This has to stop. It really does. There's important news for parents tonight about baby food. Five years after consumer reports found toxic metals like lead and arsenic in more than 30 baby foods, researchers at the organization say the overall risk has barely changed. Several products actually contain the same or even higher levels now than they did five years ago, including beechnut naturals, sweet potato and Gerber chicken and rice and turkey and rice dinners. Researchers recommend feeding your child less than half a serving of these products per day. In a statement, Gerber notes that these metals occur naturally and says the best way to address the issue is to focus on improvement with suppliers and growers. We have not heard back from Beechnut about our request for comment. They did nothing. I, Five I years, am. they gave them the data, they did nothing. Yeah, we have, when I found out about this, by the way, about a year or two ago, a year ago, a year and a half ago, I knew because we had already bought a bunch of it, a bunch of this stuff for whenever my daughter was, you know, coming up. Like I was like, yeah, we're, that's going to sit there and I'm not going to give it away because I'm not giving that stuff to, to anybody who's like, yeah. yeah, you know, so I'll eat it. I'll eat the baby food. <laughs> Some of that stuff's tasty. Well, you know? dude, there's literal <laughs> metal in baby food. Like it's actual metal. I mean, there, it's a fine line because we need iron. We don't have enough of it, especially at an early age. A lot of times you'll see iron fortified beverages and things like that. Yeah, It's not just like when you take an iron capsule, it's almost like crushed powder in a tablet. We're talking metal filings. Like, yeah. check this out. Our post about Gerber having metals in their baby food. 
that's iron. So it's in a lot of cereals. It is a metal and we eat it, which feels a little weird, but our bodies need it. Our blood uses it to produce hemoglobin. And the coolest part is that you can extract it from cereal. Put some cereal in a bag, put a little water in and wait an hour. Now that you have your cereal slush, take a strong magnet and just massage the bag. I find it easiest to move the magnet towards a corner and then eventually you will see these. You can see it's already kind of attracted to the magnet. These black filings emerge and that is your iron. Right I should wait too cheery to be talking about steel filings in my food. Well, that's because she's very she smart looked, though. She has you a brilliant seen her brain. house. She, yeah. She's uh she's a I think an astronomer or something like that. She's a, yeah. she's a proper scientist. Yeah. But. That's I mean when you're not affected by it, you're of course you're going to be cheery because uh, but uh, not to kind of talk bad about her. She lives in a house that looks like it's part of a mansion. Um, yeah. If you look at the background, it's beautiful there. However, she's trying to let people know, hey, look, this is happening. And I, and I appreciate that somebody who doesn't who's not affected by this because she can probably afford her own chef if she wanted to is yeah. taking the time to look at this stuff sure. and tell people sure. about it. And it's not so, just baby food. I know we've talked a lot about baby food because it is so important at you know the early stages of life. Contaminations at those level have lasting effects. We don't know the genetic because there's nobody doing long term long term studies on this stuff. Yeah. A lot of these chemicals we weren't using as little as 10 years ago. And I just want to quickly go through some other ones here. Uh, lead and arsenic in juice. Now, apple seeds do contain a tiny, tiny bit of arsenic in the seed. Not enough that would ever kill you in nature, but in an industrial processing plant where they're grinding everything, including the seeds, billions of apples go through that damn thing. All of a sudden, arsenic is present. And also the heavy metals. Uh, we talked about artificial sweeteners. So things like sucralose, which would be Splenda, right. or even aspartame, um, it could actually damage your DNA. This is epigenetics. It, it can do something to your genetic makeup. So we know sugar is bad. You know, it feeds cancers and causes diabetes. And, you know, people that have sugar regulatory issues should not be consuming more sugar than they need. This is something even worse. So if you're drinking Diet Coke out there, it could be screwing up your DNA not just giving you blood sugar issues, right? It, the effects of this, this is effectively a synthetic chemical. This is not a naturally occurring molecule in nature. Somebody just needed a replacement for that. And in the 80s, the diet craze and the workout, Richard Simmons workout videos was a big thing. Everybody's drinking Diet Coke. Yeah. And Diet Coke still has a glycemic response. Even if you drink Diet Coke as a diabetic, it is still affecting your blood somehow. It is affecting your body's insulin system. So Diet Coke is not, you know, and don't have three, you know, triple cheeseburgers and a Diet Coke, please. You become the stereotype. Oh. Cadmium and chocolate, cadmium and chocolate, heavy metals, not good. Uh, and it is found right at the level of the cocoa bean itself. I'm not quite sure how this happens, whether it's leaching it out of the processing equipment that's mixing it all together, but lead and cadmium and chocolate. This article is talking about how to remove those chemicals. And I mean, look at the, the title. Experts are using a cutting edge method to remove a dangerous element from chocolate. So you need a cutting edge special tech just to get this stuff out. That's why it's in there because nobody has a way to get it out. So be careful with how much you consume on certain things, even cans. This article is talking about beverage cans, having BPA. It's a coating on the inside so that the acidic soda doesn't react with the can because acid and metal is reactive. How do they prevent that? It's like a layer of wax. Well, that's BPA in that. And we talked about earlier what BPA can cause. Um, you know, even uh, shellfish, heavy metals in the ocean, 
toxic waste being dumped in the ocean. The smallest creatures eat it. Bigger creatures eat them. And when you get to fish the size of like tuna that are literally eating bigger fish, which have eaten mm -hmm. millions of smaller fish, the levels of mercury and heavy metals that are present in these fish is way off the scale, not to mention radioactivity. We had Fukushima Daiichi pump millions of gallons of radioactive water into the Pacific Ocean. So there's also a radioactive effect on certain fish and shellfish. Our advice, eat it very sparingly. Don't eat it if you're pregnant. A, because it could make you sick and it, that's not a good idea. But just for the heavy metal component, just limits. Very, very small and, and be careful where it's coming from. Most of the shrimp that you buy, unless you live close to the Gulf of Mexico, it's probably coming from Asia. And they're fishing in waters where there's no regulations on what can be dumped in there. And there's a lot of like, even with um, industries like leather tanning and things like that, they're using heavy metals to make the skins more durable and, and you know what I mean? Make them uh, purposeful. And then when they're done, it's just this chemical soup and it's getting dumped. So it's a, uh, it's a bad thing. There's a lot of going on. I sort of saved the best for last in terms of uh, what's in your, what's in your kind of thing with the, the gross stuff. So uh, shock warning to anybody who doesn't like seeing gross stuff. We're going to do what's in a Big Mac, what's in a hot dog, what's in the burger mix itself, and uh, that'll probably bring us to the end here. So we'll bang through these real quick. So let's start with the Big Mac. What's in a McDonald's Big Mac? Let's find out. The bun, just bread, right? Nope, the bun contains both canola and soybean oil along with sugar. In the bun, the meat is actually 100% beef. No fillers, so that's not bad. Pickles are just pickles, right? Nope, there's 10 ingredients in McDonald's pickles, including potassium sorbate, polysorbate 80, and aluminum salts. None of those are good for humans. The lettuce is just lettuce. The secret sauce, not so secret. Seed oils, canola oil, soybean oil, propylene glycol, high fructose corn syrup, and caramel color. Got another 100% beef patty, some more of that uh, seed oil, propylene glycol, secret sauce, and a piece of American cheese which is not actually real cheese, full of microplastics. So that is what is in your Big Mac at McDonald's. Is it any? Propylene glycol, or propylene glycol is also an antifreeze, and it's in vaping juice. And uh, that's when you vape, you get a much higher concentration of propylene glycol, and people are now developing respiratory issues as a result of that. Um, again, you think it's stuff that you can trust. And uh, yeah, he, he was right about the patty being meat-based products. There's no plastic or sawdust in it. But this is what industrial-grade beef patty creation looks like. Warning to anybody with a sensitive stomach, uh, maybe it's a good thing. We'll scare you straight. Don't eat. You want a burger? Buy some meat. Grind it yourself. You know what's in it. Make the best burger you've ever had in your life because here's what it actually looks like. What is that white powder? Why are they putting white powder in the meat? What is that?
coloring, preservative, nitrates, stabilizers, and literally made from innards and skin and lips and the buttholes of the cow. Pink waves punched into the disc that you think of a hammer. Oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah, look at them grill marks. Whoever designed that process should be in prison. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I what agree. Now, I, I want to end off before we close here. We got a few minutes to keep it under yeah. our two hour mark for our uh, next network. Um, the most the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life is how they make a hot dog. So here we go 34 seconds of uh, what's in a hot dog. Here's what's actually inside a hot dog. Back before hot dogs were such a popular food, they contained such things as horse, dog, and sawdust. However, now it's slightly different. After separating an animal carcass into all of its choice cuts, there are always plenty of smaller bits left over that wouldn't make sense to sell on their own. Some of these leftovers that will go into the grinder can be the meat from the animal's head and lots of fat. Then it gets sent off to different manufacturers where they add their own ingredients. Sodium diacetate is dumped into the mixture to help kill the deadly germs, and sodium nitrate is added to help keep the meat a nice good color to make you think it's fresher than it is i don't want to eat anymore i'm never eating a hot dog again ever i think i'm going back to a liquid diet i i, I finally after two years of eating a liquid diet made it to solid foods and i don't even want them anymore <laughs> i've convinced myself to go back on the diet. yeah and one thing I do want to say, if anybody does want to have more organic in their produce, easy way to tell in case it's not, you know, the signs aren't clear. Everything has what's called a PLU code, especially produce. It'll be a four digit number. Um, so, for example, 4044. It's what the girl at the, the checkout is rapidly, you know, hitting on the cash register when she's doing yeah. all your produce. So 4044 is the code for peaches. But if you get 94044, that is organic peaches. So there are still controversies about organic there kind of really isn't an organic food right, right. because you might have an organic farm and the guy's spraying two farms over. It's still getting in the water table and getting in your food. Uh, but uh, the PLU co code has a nine in front of the usual code. That's how you know it's broccoli. I think bananas are 4011. So 94011 would be organic bananas. Again, if there is such a thing. Um, but essentially, the most important thing that we want to cover here is that the labels are outdated. 
the testing and the requirements are outdated. There's no reg regulations requiring you know these companies to do more and go over and above. And many food industries rely on self-policing. They give these guys sort of anonymity that they're trusted. Their brand's been around for 100 years. They just let them go. And it's yeah. not until people do their own private work and test and stuff and realize, hey, this stuff is in our food. Then they take it to the FDA and still nothing has happened. So it's up to you. Don't trust the governing bodies. That's about all I got to say, man. It makes you wonder. Yeah. It makes you upset, especially if you have little ones. And it makes you feel a little helpless because what can we do? This exists in a lot of things and it shouldn't. You know, everything yeah. from food, clothing, chemicals, shampoos, soaps, cosmetics, the air we breathe, the water we drink. And uh, we're going to do uh, what is in our water on the next episode. So right. this is what's in our food. What's in our water will be next week. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Final thought to you, Marquise, before we close out. Yeah, I was going to get into like some of the solutions, but I think we kind of covered everything. So long story short, advocate for for you know politicians and policies that help improve the process of testing and monitoring these foods. Um, advocate for more regulation. I know that some people are like are turned off by it, but it's not a socialist, communist, Chinese plot. It's actually the opposite of a socialist, yeah. you know, communist Chinese plot. It's to help you um, and advocate for things that that you know protect whistleblowers. Uh, advocate for, advocate for companies that promote organic foods and natural foods and not having all these additives. Um, and of course, just for yourself, eat at home. Try to eat more at home. Cook at home. Cook things. Cook with safe products. You mentioned earlier about. Uh, the kind of cookware that you use, some of the cookware is not good to, to use. Try to advocate for using safe cookware. The non-stick stuff can release the harmful chemicals. So get some, I mean, maybe just go with stainless steel um, instead of instead of uh, the others. And and avoid, be careful with or take, take note of things that have been contaminated with mercury by following the news on these things. Follow yeah. the news on all of this stuff. Please, please, yeah. please add it to your news reading list. Because it's important. It's your life. It's your children's life. It's our future. So. And uh, wash your produce. As we saw, they color wash sweet potatoes to make them darker. And currently right now, the makers of Roundup, which is Bayer, are facing, I don't even know how many lawsuits, because Roundup has glyphosate, which not only is screwing up the soil biology, it's getting into the food and we're eating it and we don't know the full-term effects of that. So right now, Roundup is getting their ass sued into the ground and they're spraying that stuff on the food we're eating because it's oh, cheaper man. for them and they can maintain status quo. So it's time to get tough, time. time to make yeah, some money yeah. and, uh, you know, make, make, make these people pay a little bit for that. Not that you're going to raise the cost just to do it right. No, you're going to do it right or we're not going to buy your product. So let's take a little bit back from these people and uh, make some noise. So with that, we will call it a day. Uh, on behalf of myself, Louis Borges, and my co-host, Marquise Williams, I want to thank you for joining us. If you like our episodes, please hit that like button and subscribe to our various channels if you haven't already. We're super excited to present what is in our water next week. So we'll see you next Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Quantum Letter Podcast. Take care of each other. See you next week.